0: G'day Swellians, Deadly here. Well, to celebrate tonight's show at the Cooley Hotel with Oki, Chloe Dino, Aton Osborne and Luke Raglan Surf Report Cedarman. we're actually going to go right back to the last time we were at the Cooley Hotel where we sat down with the Cooley kids, the OG Cooley kids, Mick, Paco and Dingo for what was an epic trawl through the lives, careers, friendships of these three icons We hope you'll enjoy it. Tickets are still available for tonight at theswellians.com. If you're on the Goldie, Byron, the Rainbow Region, come on up. Or uh, even if you're north of the creek, Burley, and right up to Surfers, etc. Come on down, See Ock on the Goldie with Brother Andino. It's going to be a great night. That's theswellians.com. And as always, all Ain't That Swell live episodes are brought to you by Billabong the absolute legends who have been supporting us since day dot and better beer who have come on board mate it's a day for it always a day for it with better beer go and support the crew who support you next time you're at the bottle big thanks to those crew see you tonight fresh content coming next week
1: Time! Hailey! From Bondi Beach, world feeding! A two time gold Code Peace Award winner who's absorbed more cerebral punishment than Julian Assange, Paul the Chief Marion, and Anthony Mundy combined. A core Lord Code degenerate of the highest order, fighting of the Green! corner, representing old-fashioned values of a new-age spiritual twist. It's Smitty! And now, hailing from the same hometown of 1990 ASP Rookie of the Year, Jeremy Miles! Next champion left school at 17 and spent the next 25 years making surf porn for iconic Aussie magazines, tracks, waves, and surfing worlds. But perhaps his greatest achievement is sitting opposite your boy, Subinny, talking shit on the Ain't That Swell podcast. He's 14 feet and 3 inches of bacon strips and earlobes, make him welcome Born, rinsed, gone, deadly!
2: I like to say, and the ASB be going to find me because I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their testicles
1: so far out their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the back, drop down, say, bah! Well, I'll tell you still, I did travel some humongous ways. That looks good, it? Not bad. Ain't That Swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are bad. <laughs> get a get it.
3: Yeah, Shredheads, Waxheads, Kooks and Bonnies Welcome to Ain't That Swell live from the Cooley Hotel. Are you kiwi! I'm your host, the two time Gold Cone Piece award winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch drunk Pikey, the Sultan of psilocybin, the Maestro of
1: micro dosing. Smoothie! Let's hear it all together!
3: I'm joined here as always by my loyal co host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Waves magazine, Tracks magazine, Vaughn, Rinsed Corn, Deadly. Thank you, Cooley. Corn, we have a very special afternoon ahead of us. Very special. Special even. I'm talking Nazi goreng special. I'm talking massage special. I'm talking make banana cry special. (laughs) I'm frothing. I'm fizzing. I'm (laughs) chizzing.
0: Ah, Smithy. Good to be back in Coolie, I am fucked. (laughs) Woo! No, mate, I love coming up here, it's, uh, you know, I grew up down the coast, as uh, most people know in New Brighton, whenever the swell was big, we just hitchhike straight up here, it was the fucking place, man, it was the place to be, but it's always been the place, you know, uh, ever since Joey Larkin, and Neil Purchase Senior, uh, all that crew started the board industry up here, uh, on the back of that, there was a big movement, MP, fuck, sorry, I'm rooted, <sighs> <sighs>
3: needs a hot one. Someone get him a hot
0: one. (laughs) MP, PT, Bugs, Rabbit, the fucking mare, man, and the Dean brothers. Fucking iconic. And then, you know, to have a second generation on the back of those guys come through and just remind everyone how core this joint is, how special it is to Australian surfing. It's fucking one of the greatest. And tonight is going to be epic because these three guys, man, I've I've had a great privilege of sort of being along the ride, along for the ride of their journey, you know, since they were just little kids. Met Dingo when he was 11, uh, just down the coast of Bruns. Got to know Mick when he was about 13 or 14, same with Joel when I was commentating junior comps. And watching them go from, you know, uh, might-bees, prodigies, to fucking junior champs, to then just world beaters at such a young age, CT winners, world champions, and then beyond that, has been one of the great fucking rides of my life, and um, something that blows my mind about them is, you know, they've, they've been there together for the whole ride, man, and yeah, they were side by side when the um, the good times were happening, when those fucking unbelievable accomplishments, you know, Dingo winning at Snapper, and Mick winning bells, and Joe winning J-Bay, and then everything that followed, but... What blows my mind about these guys, man, is that they're there for each other when the fucking chips are down, when times are really fucking tough. And I reckon uh, it's just a miracle. It's a miracle that they could share this journey with each other and they're uh, a full-blown... Fuck, they stand as the pinnacle of what mateship should be. And I think that uh, in Australia right now, we can learn a lot from fucking what they've done for each other. So, uh, yeah.
3: Fucking earth. we'll set up the fucking rich corn. on, they're
0: champion servers, mate. But fuck their champion blokes, and I am frothing to have them on. Corn
1: lords,
0: the lot of them. <laughs> Sorry, man. I get emotional thinking about it because it's just fucking amazing. But uh, let's get our first guest on, eh? Um. Normally, Smivy, we have a a voiceover like the one we just ran out to. But for this guy, we wrote a song a couple of years ago. Does anyone who listens to the podcast know the song? All right. So when he comes out, can you please sing along with the band whenever you hear his name? I'm pretty sure the next line is, he's that fucking good. So if you guys can scream along when he comes out, that would be sick. Let's hear it fucking loud, shall we?
3: We shall. The- He's big
1: fatty. He's that fucking good. Let's hear it, Trillions. He's big fatty. He's that fucking good. What are you do
4: Mick
0: Fanning ladies and gentlemen Three time world champ In the fucking house Whew. Welcome to Ain't That Swell Mick First ever show with us mate
5: We're frothing to have you on First ever, I'm frothing to be here uh, Yeah, what a cast uh, Always been a fan We've done some hell trips over the years Vaughanie and Smithy Love your work brother And What about these lads? Hey mate
0: can we please bad, bad. get a huge round of applause for Bunny Racket, the fucking in-house oh, swelling band tonight? And we've got to give a shout out to our major support sponsor. They've been with us since the very first live show. Billabong, Gold Coast Born and Bred, represent, taking over the fucking planet with absolute cornice. Thank you so much. And we got a heap of Billabong prizes to give away later on, so be ready for that.
3: Fucking oath. Uh, I've got a question for you, Fanno. What are your earliest memories of Vaughan Corn?
5: Vaughan Corn. Uh, oh. Wow. I'm gonna have to think about this one. <laughs> no, I think I think um, you know. Obviously, new because I grew up in Ballina originally, and. Um, knew of Vorno then and then obviously when I moved up here, we sort of ran into a fair bit. But it was probably, I didn't really get to know him until I started doing um, the Junior Series and Vorno was commentating every event and um, he was smuggling us beers when we were only like 15. <laughs> 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 I was
1: so, only 17,
5: so it was okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't underage because we are all underage. <laughs> But um, yeah, ever since, um, yeah, ever met Vaughan, it's always been uh, good times and um, yeah, a lot a lot of laughs over the years. Love you, mate. Fucking oath. Dope man,
3: Joof, mate. man. Dope Joof was an iconic film. Uh, all you three lads, the Coolie kids were all in it. Uh, I guess, yeah, what are your memories of putting all that together? Was it as shambolic and as much of a shit show as it looks like? <laughs> it's always a shit show,
5: mate <laughs> It's always a shit show oh, You can't polish your turd, you just put glitter on it So uh, that's how we came out <laughs> Glitter and a bit of corn
0: I remember um, that that movie was all filmed and done It was in the can We'd filmed it all And then uh, Ronnie, who was the editor of my brother uh, Who was a was all commentator now He rang me up and he's like Hey, you got to get Joel and Mick in the movie I'm like, fucking how? Like, I don't know how to do this Because uh, we've finished shooting it and he goes, just fucking get him in because Rip Curl and Billy's are going to pull their advertising from the ne- next mag if, they, if you don't. And I went, fuck, all right. So I went down to Bell's and I just went, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll get them to review the movie. I'll show it to them and they can review it. And uh, all I had to do was sit down with them for five minutes and they just kept making heats. And they ended up getting to the final day at Joanna and it was uh, Andy and I think maybe Joel in the final.
5: Andy and Joel are in the Andy final. Andy and Joel in yeah. the
0: final. You're in the semis. I'd been peppering you for weeks to try and get it happening. And uh, I couldn't do it because you just kept getting through heats and then we all went back up to, it was Anzac Day, we went back up to Torquay and the boys were just fucking that lit up, they were just having such a hell time and I said what do you reckon, can we do it now and they're like yeah let's fucking do it, yeah and they did this Greasy and Lemmy <laughs> skid. I don't know if you've seen it but it's fucking that good and they're just hammered and just swearing their heads off. And I remember saying to him, don't worry, boys, I'll cut out every single swear word. And then I watched it I went, fuck that, that's all going in.
5: Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. But it yeah, was. That, was,
0: that was a classic,
5: mate. It was. It was so classic. We, um, yeah, we had a house that uh, Rip Curl rented me for the event. And um, yeah, Joel came around, you come around, and we just got a couple of um, pillowcases and just tied them to our heads. And that's how Greasy and Lemmy got born. And we're all tanked. The other thing was we had a huge game of State of
0: Origin in the backyard that day. And the boys fucking ripped in, Smithy. You would have loved it. Did we win one? They would have just, like, Parker would make a break down the wing. And Mick would just line him up and just fucking shoulder him straight into the fence. And bushes (laughs) and shit went everywhere. And I was just looking at Claw's face with, you know, fucking... Half a million bucks worth of property yeah, and just getting yeah. fucking smashed all over the backyard going. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, what is this game? We're like, rugby league, cut! <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I don't know like, what you play down here, but it's rugby league! Fuck. Yeah, talk to us a bit about the Junior Series and the culture of surfing uh, that was going on around about those times. Because, I mean... Fuck, it just seemed so cool to me, you know, it was proper shenanigans, no one was taking themselves too seriously, and if you did, you might wake up with uh, someone dropping their ball sack on your face, you know, an old-fashioned tea bag. you know, <laughs> like, it, that shit could happen. Uh, eyebrows missing, like, it was, it was properly loose, wasn't it? It, it was, was pretty loose. I guess
5: I was sort of a little bit later than what Dingo and Joel got on. They got on when they were, like, seven, and... Um, they just got out of nappies and, uh, and I was a few years later than them. But um, yeah, it was just, it's just good times. It was just like, imagine like all your best mates from like all different parts of Australia that you surf with anyway and you go and compete against each other. But in the meantime, you just hang out. It was, it was a really good bonding bonding time because you had no adults no one had enough money to bring their parents along and if they did bring their parents along they were sort of cast to the side anyway so mm. uh see mum i'm going to the pub <laughs> <laughs> borno's out front if sound someone that's 18
3: <laughs> and uh yeah i mean so the junior series shenanigans like who were the kingpins who were running the junior series back then
5: well, we were always sort of a little bit younger than like guys like Phil Macker, um, Darren O'Rafferty, um, who else? Trent Munro. Uh, they were sort of like the the idols, um, and they were the sort of guys that we always wanted to beat. Um, but yeah, they were run at Hog, Hedgy. Um, wow. Yeah, there was there was it was like. The who's who of uh, Australian surfing, pretty much, when we were growing up. as all time.
3: Fuck, and so you know where you're from when you're growing up on the Australian Junior Series when Nathan Hedges is running the show. Like, it must have been such a intense training ground of, like, A, intensity in performance and, B, fucking absolute degeneracy. Like, basically the crowning glories of Australian surfing right there in one contest circuit. <laughs> fucking incredible.
5: If you went to a gym... You got kicked out too, <laughs> so it's no training. There's just surfing, surfing to have a hell time.
3: And what were the lessons that you learned on the junior series? Like, uh, yeah, and, and fucking, just how intense was it? I mean, I'm sure it was a good time once the heats were done, but I imagine uh, when that siren blew, it would have been full on.
5: Um, look, I, I I truly believe that it was something that uh, groomed us for for the world tour, F- groomed us for the the Qs, and then yeah, onto the world tour at that stage because. It was like you know, the world we used to come to Australia to to compete against the best, and that's where it was. It was so intense. Like if you won a junior comp, it was it was like you won a world title. And um, it was pretty funny when we actually we sort of made a bet between Dingo, Joel, and myself that if you did win one, then you had to shout a keg, and so that would be the start of every party. It was it was all time. It was oh. Don't remember much of it, but it was fun.
0: What did the publican make of a 13-year-old walking in and going, can I get a keg, mate, just to fucking...
5: (laughs) I said I was Ed.
3: (laughs) Oh, mate, fuck, that's good. Uh, Yeah, but it's incredible, man. Like, you look at your life and career and you can kind of get lost in the the silverware and and success, you know. But uh, when I read Between the Lines, I look, I see a life that, is just so incredibly difficult and challenging, Uh, you know, from beginning to end, one of five to a single mum, grew up in Penrith, two, you were seven, Um, you know, you've you've lost loved ones along the way, there's been incredible injuries, incredible comebacks, uh, incredible traumas, I mean, I guess my question is like, you know, where did you get the resilience from, where did you get the determination from, where did you get the will to survive from?
5: Oh shit! If I start crying, <laughs> lucky I haven't had any gin. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I guess it's just one of those things. Um, you know, my my parents are just—they tell it how it is. It's it's just like look, it's just black and white. It's not like oh, we're going to sugarcoat anything. It's just like it is what it is. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I I, I guess. A lot of the tough times that i I got through was because of my friends, like you know probably the the first ever tough time was when I lost my brother sean and and like i didn't know what to do and the next morning, my house was just full of friends, and you know they they got me talking they got me um i guess just just moving a little bit like i didn't want to surf i didn't leave m- my house for like a week or so and and then all of a sudden there's like 30 40 mates and they're like you're going surfing today and i was like oh like it was, it was pretty big so it, it yeah look i think through through all of it is just he's just friends and like it is there are uncomfortable situations and there are um, there is shit that hits the fan and it, it, it's hard, yeah. Like it's not like something that you, um, I guess, want to, you know, sugarcoat or anything. It's like there's times where I've been real dark and, and places that I don't wish anyone to go. And, and But it's just been my friends that have got me through.
3: Fucking oath, man. Give it a round of applause for fan. man. The power of community, it's underrated, man, it's actually one of the, the, the things that we really don't give any value at all in our society, just the power of friendship and, uh, and community to pull you through the tough times and lift your spirits, I mean, one of the craziest things about your story, man, is that, um, like, fuck, the toughest times in your life kind of came pretty late in your career, you know, 2015 was a really difficult year for you for a number of reasons, um, sharks, relationship breakdowns, lost loved ones, lost world titles, I mean, like, what was it like after having survived so much in your life to once again find yourself on rock bottom again at, at, a, at a pretty late age, you know, and, and having to
5: rebuild yourself? Yeah, that was rock bottom. Um, it was... That year was, um, for lack of a better word, fucked. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, look, it was just... I don't know. I have this, I have this weird thing is like you get dealt shit and um, you know, there's, there's everyone gets dealt shit. You know, no one's life's perfect. No matter how Instagram looks or anything like that, you know? Um, And, but for me, I always feel like I'm, there's someone worse off. There's always someone worse off, you know? Like we, we are pretty, pretty lucky here in Australia where we're, you know, we've got, you know, right now, especially going through a pandemic, we're the only ones. We're having parties. We're at the pub. We're having beers. Uh, <laughs> well said. Um and yeah, look, I guess I guess like one one moment sort of like we like talking about there's always someone worse off. I was I was in Rwanda one time and I was just sorta of like, Oh, I just so sick of travelling and I was just like, All right, why why am I here? and and um, I was I was on this tour and and I was driving up um, I was driving up to go see the gorillas, which was meant to be like one of the most incredible things in the world. And I was like, Oh, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And then all of a sudden, the car stopped, and I looked over, and there's these kids that are just playing a game of soccer with they made a soccer ball out of um shopping bags they just rolled up all their shopping bags and just tied rope around it and they were having the best time and i was like are you kidding so i got out of the car and just went and um and you know had a had a quick game of soccer with these kids but they were just having so much fun they didn't need new nike boots they didn't need new anything all they had was just Kicking around on the side of the road, and, and that was a big epiphany for me. Just like, mate. And a... the, the epiphany being always use plastic bags and <laughs> <just>
3: get <stuck laughs> Recycle in it.
0: them. Yeah. Fuck recycling. Let's get back on the plastic train.
3: You're helping out the soccer scene in Rwanda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Sorry, mate. The epiphany. Sorry, the epiphany was uh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Way to kill a good yarn, Vaughn. That's why you're doing this instead of
3: hosting the Wazzle, mate. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it, though. I love it. It's so true, man. I think... uh... (laughs) Well said. Very Uh, true.
5: Keeps the beach entertained on the beach commentary, eh?
3: (laughs) Junior series till you fucking die, cunt. (laughs) Some epic news, Swellians. We are in business with Athletic Greens Australia. That's right, AG1, the all-time, all-purpose, epic supplement made from 75 super high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced ingredients. Thanks to countless studies, we now know that better gut health can lead to better health overall, with their comprehensive blend of pre- and probiotics, AG1 was designed to help support gut health so your whole body can thrive. I love this stuff. I'm an avid biohacker and supplementer, and this is top of the pops in my opinion. That's why all the big dogs are on it, your Lex Friedmans, your Joe Rogans. Between trying to get enough exercise, sleep, and good nutrition, taking care of your health can sometimes feel like a full-time job. I know it does for me. Between all the meditation and breath work and ice baths and exercise, it can be really difficult to prepare meals and just get the adequate nutritional intake that you need to survive and thrive in this life. But AG1 really simplifies that, covering your nutritional bases with just one scoop mixed in water every morning. AG1 is more than just greens, it's designed to support whole body health through its proprietary blend of 75 high quality ingredients, it helps support digestion, mental focus, sleep and more. I love the stuff. It is a crucial component in my health and well-being, especially when I'm on the road bringing you the shenanigans. So if you're ready to take ownership of your health, today is the perfect time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com forward That's athleticgreens.com forward slash swellians. Check it out. Yeah, but it's true, you know, it is a source of...
0: I I just bought Jarvis Early's first carton yesterday. He just turned 15. (laughs) No
3: worries, Jarvis. Your parents can thank me later. (laughs) It's so true, though. It is such a source of gratitude, just realising how fucking hard other people in the world have it. Uh, You know, like, at the end of the day, we got our health... Uh, We've got our fitness, you know, like sure you can have some fucking pretty skitsy head noise at times But, you know, you're only fucking 20 minutes of breathing cunt away from feeling a whole lot better about yourself Um, Oh, there he is, sorry (laughs) Uh, That's TV, he knows all about fuck, he's the head noise terminator, are you kidding me? But yeah and I understand you know you did a lot of community work there in South Africa uh, with kids from the slums there teaching them to surf I, th- I thought that was a real fucking a major tick for you man like what was that experience like
5: um yeah look I, I think just just taking kids surfing is is incredible um you know we I think as surfers we become so selfish in the point that I want the next best wave and and don't get me wrong i'm selfish especially when Paco and dingo are out there i'm fucking stealing their waves um but uh just to see the joy on a kid's face like taking a taking an hour out of your time or taking um you know just pushing um pushing someone into the wave of their life is is just incredible like dingo's doing wave of a lifetime now and like the joy that he must get out of it seeing people just get barreled like there's nothing fucking better
3: Fucking oath, man. Yeah, that is such a good lesson. Because it really does run, it kind of contravenes everything that's taught in surf culture, which is, it's a very self-centered pursuit at the end of the day. You'd fucking paddle over your grandma for a set of Kira pretty much. She wasn't going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you tell yourself. That's what helps you sleep at night. You're Um, too deep, Grant. You're fucking too deep. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it, it's also a bit of a sickness, I reckon. You know, if you constantly, if it's just you against the lineup every time you go surfing, I, I don't think that's really good for you, man. I honestly, uh, I was, like, we had chats with Tom Carroll about this. Um, you know, there's something about surfing. I think a lot of people who surf today, uh, we think that we're kind of honouring that that legacy of the '60s, '70s, uh, that kind of countercultural thing uh you know when there was fuck all people surfing and people were on single fins getting head dips and shit um <laughs> but like at the end of the day like surfing's changed like, there's so many more people in the lineup these days it's a clusterfuck it's competitive there's a lot of stress and angst and anger uh all the time i think it's kind of we're reaching a point for me anyway personally i'm reaching a point in my surfing life where it, i'm kind of trying to tip it on its head now and uh and just fucking make it all about joy and you know, community and fun um, and not fucking burning grandma for a set of Kira.
5: <laughs> what happens if she burnt you?
3: <laughs> oh, well, I mean... I've, Take it, it, it it, her fucking head off, eh? Hey, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I'd fucking knock her teeth out if she uh, had any.
0: reckon, <laughs> great intro. Thanks very much, Mick. Great to have a chat with you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Why don't we bring Thanks up one I'll of your partners you in crime? Let's get our next guest up. Cool and get and now, fighting out of Koolingada,
1: he's the former world champion, son of a bricklayer turned B baron, nephew of the great, steep, deep Daryl Parkinson. He set the standard for stylish surfing throughout the 2000s. Standing 6 feet tall, 80 kilograms, 5 feet and 3 inches of pure nostril, Joe Leslie Pagato!
2: Welcome back, Parko. Swillian yeah. gig number six or nine for you? Uh, yeah, it must be at least five or six. I've lost count. Uh, they all kind of blur into one. <laughs> Mate, last time we had you, it
0: was a really good night downstairs. It was your birthday. You actually disappeared halfway through the show.
2: ha <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I got to a point and I just couldn't get my words out anymore and uh, I thought that'll do. So uh, tonight tonight I'll be a lot better behaved, you know. I I couldn't believe it when uh, Bowie from Billabong actually said, we're going to do this on your birthday and then I'd already organised like a nice long lunch on my birthday and um, yeah, so I was pretty pear-shaped by the time I got on stage.
0: Well, mate, if it's any consolation, you were nowhere near as pear-shaped as Elko when he came on.
2: No, nah, well,
0: that's a bar that'll never be raised. I hope, <laughs> <laughs> mate. Um, just before we get stuck into things, like, is it true that you had a corn explosion the other day? <laughs> I heard that. I heard that you pulled into one somewhere near here, and your corn
3: exploded. <laughs> what? Have you how heard about one, this? Maybe. How does one's corn
2: explode? Explain. Well, that, Maybe Parker can explain. The one thing I asked backstage: can we not talk about my my fucking bum that got split, please. <laughs> and the first thing you ask me is my bum getting split. Was I part of that combo? What happened? Because uh, I- I've had it. Well, I wouldn't say I've had a similar experience. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you had it? I think... <laughs> no, I think... Uh, it definitely gave me a newfound respect for Tom Carroll... Because Tom Carroll's story was horrific, with the board breaking off inside it.
0: Yeah, uh, for
2: for those of you who don't know, Tom Carroll
0: fell off a wave in
2: Japan once.
0: Sort of came off the top, and the, the tail of his board went into like a tombstone, and his bumhole just got split on the nose. And um, yeah, he uh, basically had to fly home. He had a ruptured sphincter.
2: Oh, isn't it? <laughs> It's true, though, that the board snapped and it was wedged still, right? You're kidding me. Yeah, no, it was a heavy
3: injury. uh, What? Imagine going on the ding fixer to get that job (laughs) done, (laughs) mate. Mate, I know this is going to be hard, but
0: can you put the the front half of this on the back half of this? (laughs) I I heard, though, that um, on the way home from Japan, they gave him this little donut to sit on. And he got up midway through the flight to take a piss, and when he got back, he realised that Al Hunt had eaten the donut. <laughs> True story. True story, yeah.
3: Um, yeah, fuck, I don't know. I think mean, we're meant to be asking him questions. Um, yeah, mate, what's been going on anyway? Just talk to this last run as well, because it's been fucking coning off its dial for weeks up here. You
2: been getting a couple? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, we've, I guess, been lucky enough to have a great run of surf. It's um, uh, been everyone I'm sure has probably been barreled at some point over the last few weeks if you're a surfer. And uh, pre- pre- uh, mate, I don't know you. You guys are running this show. That was a stupid question? Really.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a question for you, mate.
2: I'm a fucking like, stupid guy. You just, uh, you just took part
0: in the rival series surfing against your old mates. Um, I'm always curious, like when, when you come off tour and you, you, you basically the purpose of your training and your surfing really changes. Like, what's your relationship with surfing like at the moment? Are you loving it more than you've ever loved it? Is it something that you struggle to get fucking psyched on? Is it, like, where are you at? Because everyone has a different path, especially when you spend as long on on tour as you guys have. You know, on that tour journey, you're not always psyched on it.
2: Where are you at with it now? Yeah, um, no, definitely. It goes through, like, sometimes, some days I'm absolutely obsessed with it. Uh, Some days I'm not. Definitely. I, and it all is really swell-dependent. You know, if there's waves, I'm still a surfer. I still want to surf. I still... But if the waves are shit, uh, being a competitive surfer for so long, I guess you're you really used to try and connect your dots on your bad days and, you know, make sure you were trying to be the best you could. But I don't really... It's a weird thing to say, but I don't really care for being, improving my surfing. I just want to enjoy my surfing. That's kind of where I'm at. So if I'm having a fun surf, that's a good surf, you know.
0: That's where I'm at Fucking that's music to my ears mate Because I haven't improved for about 15 years I don't reckon I'm going so far fucking down the hill It's unbelievable uh, <laughs> uh, What about you Mick? You're, you're, you've, you're, the level of your surfing is fucking as good as it's ever been Like what's your motivation when you're paddling out? I saw you're on 20s at long last Does that mean the beard and the long hair's coming?
5: Oh mate uh, if I, The if top I, knot? If I, when are we going to oh, see Fanning with a top knot behind the rock? Oh imagine that you'll see it I won't I'll go blind you know with a with the forehead hair I've got here um no i'm 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 froth I'm probably a little bit different from joel i'm um I'm loving experimenting with new boards but just trying to um yeah I guess I was injured for a couple of years with my knee and and so I'm f- frothing right out on surfing right now and just trying new stuff and just trying to push uh myself again to um yeah, get to a level that I'm psyched on and, and come in, but still surfing for the joy of it. Like, come in and, and uh, yeah, be like, yeah, fuck, I was, I was sort of ripping today. But I don't tell anyone
0: that. <laughs> <What> <laughs> a- a-
5: Sorry, show been... it on Instagram. <laughs> Mate, I've got to keep you
2: motivated, fat boy.
3: <laughs> Zing.
5: Oh,
2: boy. Here we go. <laughs> this is where it all goes downhill, right here. How many beers have you had? Are you keeping an eye on this? <laughs> <laughs> this is my second.
0: Um, out, of the th- out of the three of you, out of the, the three of you guys, like, because you fucking, will get stuck into your careers, but who do you reckon had the most surf off? Do you reckon either, you could say that one of you had more than the other at any time in your career? Dingo. Please, Dingo Just Dingo, sure. Dingo
5: all day. All Dingo. Dingo.
0: You heard the man. Let's get him out. Let's get the fucking, let's, let's get this three degrees reunion on Here we go. Our next guest is a rail guru of purple chakra reaching magnitude. A vortex shaman who has consistently reached a state of total enlightenment. Dragging his cornhole through orbs of mortal conoquence, from ours to shippies, from chokes to backdoor, and through the moor of the mighty pipeline. But nothing unrolls this canine's lipstick more than cooking his dearest friends. Joel Leslie Parkinson and Michael Eugene Fanning behind the Rocket Snapper. A former world number one, he was the first Coolie Kid to win his hometown CT. And today he shares his knowledge with the every surfer keen to catch the wave of a lifetime. Please make him welcome, the glue that holds the Coolie Kids together.
1: D- Zingo Morrison
0: Three degrees in the flesh Can you fucking believe it? Woo! Oh this is fucking so good Oh mates, how good are they?
4: Epic, mate. Good to be here. <laughs> so, Dingo,
0: speak right into the mic when you're speaking, mate. Okay, we got it. I, uh, <laughs> oh fuck! Can you see it,
3: <laughs> do I do it too tight? <laughs> yeah, mate. Feel.
0: Feel my brain coming out my ears right now. Um, <laughs> can't even think it's it so tight. <laughs> You'll
4: be right, mate. <laughs> yeah, there's
0: a Facebook site. <laughs> There's a Facebook site called "The Vein in Angelina Jolie's Head." It's actually a, it's got a full profile. I might get one going for this guy. There it <laughs> is. Uh, Tingo, do you agree, mate? Do you reckon you're the most frothing out of these three, um, including yourself, obviously?
4: Yeah, yeah, mate, I definitely surfed more than anyone. That's for sure. When I was younger. <laughs> get right on that Mike, mate. Pretend yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, so you got it. Like <laughs> well, a beaver on a hunk of wood. <laughs>
3: Let's go right back to the beginning uh, with all three of you. Up here on the points, you know, how did the pecking order all fit together? Uh, were you guys, you know, obviously you come up with a lot of heat on you, a lot of fame, uh, a lot of, you know, contest success, but were you guys considered surf royalty up here or were you, uh, did you have
4: to earn your place in the pecking order? Oh, I think just surfing the whole time. We did, you know, we just were out there every day. There we go. You got it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. It was just we were just out in the water, like more than anyone, I think. Who were the Who are the
0: big dogs when you were in those lineups? Like, were there guys you were scared of? Were there guys you knew not to fuck with?
4: Um, Bruce hey. Lee was one of them, and then Poe. I remember Poe when we were younger.
5: Poe Cross, um, yeah. <laughs> probably more. One that always scared me was Dick Bartlett. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> he still scares me. Who would I mates with him?
0: <laughs> what would they say? Like, if you're out there and you're getting a few too many, like. Because y- you guys had, like Smithy said, you know, a lot of attention. Everyone knew that you were going to go on to good things. Did you have guys just going, fuck off, Gromit, and giving you fucking a word up? or?
4: Yeah, I remember Dave McDonald when I was younger. He um he gave me a terrorising, like just fully terrorised me. And um it it was just, you know, I, I didn't really know what to do. I'd never seen him before. And um I think he just got out after a long stint. And um, I was like, who's this guy? And he just had like off hanging off his chin and and he he was just screaming out there and I kind of gave him a look he goes what the fuck are you looking at you little cunt and then I come in I'm like bugs this guy and I I pointed to him he goes oh he goes oh that's Dave McDonald mate you better go down and apologize wow
3: (laughs) wow I saw something very similar unfold uh, out here the other day with uh, Mitch Parker and Wayno Wayno, Cleveland, very similar scenario, a guy fresh out of the clink, uh, young Mitch on the up, didn't, uh, didn't read the writing on the wall correctly and nearly ended up with his head wedged fair up his sphincter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about
0: you, Joel? Yeah, ever cop any grief out on the Queensland points before, you know, you guys established yourselves as the new coolie kids?
2: No, not really. I was pretty um. (laughs) 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 gentleman-like. That's fucking years ago, (laughs) Tuesday. Oh, that's the call of the night. That's
3: amazing. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) No, (laughs) I... Well, on the... (laughs)
0: Mate, I knew there would be a few swillings in the room ready to tee off tonight. When we get oh, to ask us the well question, played. you guys are I in for it.
2: I feel like, put your hand up if someone's dropped in on you before.
0: <laughs> Mate, um, what about on the flip side, though? When, when it started to happen and, and uh, you know, like, you guys started... Like, who were, who were the guys that you looked up to on these points? Who were the surfers that you went, fuck, that's how I want to surf?
2: I, I think Jay Phillips, for mine, was probably... Because at that point, we were probably... You know, our 13, 14-year-olds. Jay was like that 17, 18 prime for me. Um, he was probably the the poster boy and probably the most rounded surfer. So that was for me, Jay Phillips.
5: Yeah, I think I think Jay was probably the most talented, um, just natural talent. Um, you know, just so unorthodoxed and just yeah, you know, you just have to go back to the the, the photos that he had. You know, just throwing tail and stuff like that. We also looked at that and like, yeah, that's that's the go. But then there was like guys like we were so lucky growing up. We had guys like Margo in his prime. We had Oki, Luke Egan, Munga. Like you paddle out Debo on any given day. Like someone from the world tour would be surfing. But and then you had like the younger guys as well, like Will Lewis. Um, oh, who else? Bevo. Like it, the the talent was ridiculous.
3: Were there any sessions when you guys were growing up where, you know, one of you just put on an absolute clinic where, like, it just seemed that, you know, one of you had gone to another level? Any sessions, any waves even where you were like, fuck, like, he's just stepped it up a notch here? And
0: and this is more relating to just the three of you guys, like, you know, where maybe you two, the three of you were at D-Bar or Kira, and you just went, holy fuck, did you just see what Dingo was doing or Parker? Can you remember a specific instance?
5: I I think there was a a bank at um, Little Groin, where Dingo just went next level like he was doing like full man turns like just putting it all together and and yeah like going on the bus to school just watching him surf and you're just like fuck I should be out there but I'm gonna get in trouble (laughs) but yeah I, I think that was the the first moment where Dingo turned from a boy into a man like that i I don't even remember what year that was, like, 96 or something? Like, we would have been, like, 14. I think, so. like I think it was
2: Ganey's movie, Pulse, the first mm. one, kind of. That's what... Uh, I remember you were getting the 10-second barrels and I think it was when we had our session at Big Ruin later on and uh, we had this little solo Monday morning session at Big Ruin and I remember Dean... I was still on the bus on the way He to was school. on the bus to school. <laughs> <laughs> off you go, mate, off you go. <laughs> And me and Dingo paddled out for an earlier Big growing Kira prior to to sand pumping and stuff. So it was just this little misto morning, three-foot perfect Big growing Kira. And it was just me and Dingo by ourselves. And Dingo had a stopwatch. I don't know where the fuck he stole that from, but he had a stopwatch. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he was taking off and he was going... He would bottom turn, he'd go on the barrel and he'd go, bang, one, two, three, four, five. And I remember I'd be watching, he'd come out and go... Nine seconds, like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. No way.
4: And, uh, That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a memorable session, that one. We just come around Kira that one day and I was just pumping. Was just you found that
2: ten bucks at Kira Bakery, that the walk up that morning? I yeah, yeah, that.
4: we did. Yeah, my shout at the bakery that morning it was. <laughs> Still remember that.
0: <laughs> what, what about you, Dingo? Do you remember a time where you saw one of these guys and you just went,
4: whoa, well, I, didn't, I didn't see that coming? Um, I think it was just kind of happening all the time. Like, we're just surfing together all the time. That It was just every day. I actually remember with Mick, I was, um, on the beach and I seen him get this wave of green out. I think you're about 15. You're on that green slime board. And, um, he just put this wave together. And I was like, man, that was as good as anyone in the world when, like, Kelly was dominating and that. And he was only 15 and uh, you could see it then. And I think, um... You know just with joel the first time that i seen him was um 92 at the queensland titles and um you could see already like he was you know had that confidence he had stickers on his boards and he was just um ever since then you know it was just <laughs> <laughs>
6: That's what fucking life's about, eh? It's stickers on our
4: board. It, it is when you're 15. Fucking ape it is. Well, I, when you're 11 years old, like having a sticker on your board and he's 10, you're like, wow. Yeah. You know. but <laughs> I,
5: I remember the first time I met Dingo, it was at D-Bar and I came up from Ballina and he just got sponsored by Billabong and he had like 10 Billabong stickers on his board. <laughs> yes. No, it just looked
4: like that because I was going so fast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, success uh, came for all you guys really young. I mean, Parker, you won J-Bay uh, as an 18-year-old wild card. Um, you know, what effect did that have on on
4: you and me? Dingo, me. Um, yeah, I guess, I think, um, I don't know. I was there at J-Bay with him and I had to fly up to Durban. And, um, you know, yeah, it was... I mean, there was some jealousy there for sure. Like, fuck, how do you do that? You know? But um, it was just it just all started. That, that was just one of the stepping stones that all of a sudden, you know, Joel, like, well, no one really kind of knew about all of us yet. And that kind of just put, put Joel on the map. I mean, we had been, but there was talk of guys like Bobby Martinez and Fred Patasha and things like that, going, oh, you know, these kids are the best. And then Joel just went and won like a C team when he was 18. So everyone started to notice us after that. And Mick, I,
0: I, don't know, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about this, but what did that win do for you? Where were you when, you when you
5: watched it or heard about it? And how did it make you feel? Um, yeah, I had just landed in Durban and um, went over for the QS and someone's like, Paco just won J Bay. I was like, get fucked. <laughs> Like, I was like, nah, someone's pulling me leg. And it was like, you can't get on the internet at that stage and, like, check the results. It was like, you know, it's snail mail. And, um, and then, yeah, sure enough, he um, came up a couple of days. I was like, are you kidding me? And he showed me the trophy and went over to his room and that. And I was just like, this is hectic. Like, man, we're, we're just still trying to get out of the first round on the QS and he's winning CT events. We're just like, wow did it, did it, fuck, I oh know. Yeah, radical.
1: On a
0: primal human level, did it fucking put a rocket up yeah? like, were you? Like, were you the same as Dingo? Were you like, fuck, what, oh. Were you, did, it, did you have that reaction? Where you are like, I'm stoked for him, but.
5: Oh, oh that, that. that started when I was 14. These guys used to flog me in every event. I'd be stoked if I got a second because I beat one of them. And I always was like, fuck these guys, Um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, a little bit of that was just like the first incident, it was like, fuck off, I should have been in that event, I would have smashed him, Um, but then it was just like, nah, this is next level, this is like, you, you can't believe that it actually happened, it was like, I remember going around and like, he's always got a big grin on his head, but this one went like way up to here, it was, it was wild, Joel,
0: uh, fuck, you've, you've spoken about that day on this potty a few times, but I'm curious to know, man, when you got home and you had to, like, settle back into qualifying and, and normal life, like, where was your head at? Like, were you tripping? Were you like, fuck, I just want a CT. I come fucking, no one's giving me free pies at the bakery and shit.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, um, I guess because, like, uh, growing up with a young, I guess, up-and-coming little team that we had, a Rat Pack that we had, I guess whatever I thought Mick could do, and this is probably later in life for me, but if I find you if, you know, I could win the CT, then probably Mick went on one on Bells later on. But once Mick won a world title, and I guess I thought, you know, we kind of, our bloods run red together and I could win a world title too. It was kind of like, almost like what I can do, you can do kind of, of other things. So um, it probably really helped in, in our careers to have that feel about it.
3: Shortly after you win J-Bay, Mick wins, Bells is a wild card. Uh, I mean, Mick, can you talk us through that event, uh, what you remember of all that?
5: Um, yeah, well, I, it was sort of like Joel, Joel won J-Bay the year before and then did you qualify that same year? Or? Nah, a bit, bit later. I don't know, Joel qualified the year before and Joel was already on tour and... Um, And i remember i got really close like i was a heat away from qualifying and and dingo was really close that year as well and um and i was just like oh look i i wasn't ready i've got to go and put more work together and and before the whole season started i i i just tore my back out and just like i could barely walk um but so I just focused on that. I didn't even really think about Bells. It was just like, I'm in the event. Um, I just got a second at, S- at Snapper when it was a QS and then went on to Margie's, the worst wave in the world and um, won that event. And then I just, I, mean, I sort of flew to Bells, hungover actually. I was with Hog and we had beers on the way over. Um, and so I didn't really think about Bells. It was just like, oh, it just just happened. Before I knew her, I was in the final with my, all time hero or like idol that I grew up with with Wheelsy, and I was just like, shit. And I said good luck to him. and He didn't even look at me. And I was just like, oh god, it's real now. Wow. Yeah, it was
2: just it was just a big shock. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask? Can I ask you a question? Do you remember your run? Do you remember every person you surfed against in that event? Um, I remember most. Okay. Yeah, okay, round one.
5: Round one, I had Rob Machado. I can't tell you who the third person was. Um, round three, I had Luke Egan. We actually tied. Um, round four, I had Pedersen Rosa. He was always my... Um, he was my, my guy who always smashed me. In, even when I got on tour, he'd smash me. Um, quarters, I had... I can't remember round four. Quarters, I had Taylor Knox. I remember paddling out with Taylor Knox and, and it was absolutely pumping bells and it was we were paddling out together and it was like, how good is this? It's pumping bells. There's no way you can have a bad heat today. Like we said that to each other and we both just sucked. <laughs> I think we had like a, the highest wave in the heat was a 5-5. Five five. It was so shit. <laughs> um, and then I had Paul Canning in the semis and then Woolsey. Uh, I haven't got you Alzheimer's yet. <laughs> no, I still got it. Uh,
0: when you win this, when when Mick wins that event, <clears throat> how are you feeling, Parker?
2: I was just like, yes, he's going to make the tour. Yeah. Because so at the start I was probably, um, I was like, shit, that's going to be a good party. <laughs> 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 but then I was I was just so stoked because I was like, well, you know, um, he will, you know, he'll be a world stopper. I thought, for sure, we'll, we'll end up on tour together. And Dingo, did you have the
0: same, same feeling again? Like, fucking jealousy but froth as well?
4: I did, mate, I did. I was like, fuck, out. you know, they're, they're both doing it. And then it, it took me a couple of years to be able to, to do it. But, you know, it was, that, it was just that drive, that fire being lit, where I just want to improve as much as I could to get up to where them guys were.
0: Was there ever, like, in these days of your careers where you're all, Sort of starting to get these giant milestones happening. Was there an underlying tension in the friendship ever, or was it just a moment and then let it go? <laughs> I'm just curious because it, it does. You know, we'll get to um, we'll get to 2009 later in the show, but like it, it's. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a thing where your best mates
5: you're nah, there together it, but
2: you're competing. Not at the start at all, really, eh? No, yeah. it would
5: it would it would last like say if one of us won an event, if one of us won an event, it would just be like for the for the first minute it's like fuck, I'm gonna smash him next one, and then and then by the time they got out of the water, you'd be celebrating and be like yes, you know, but deep down like you're like that's just gonna make me try harder. Like, that that's sort of what it was. It wasn't, like, animosity of, like, um, yeah, you're not going to talk to him or anything like that, except if you beat Paco in a heat on the way to winning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get
1: ready to rumble!
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> you're a dickhead.
3: And fast forward to 2003, Ding, and uh, you're the Quicksilver Pro Champion, mate. Um, You know, the first of the the cooler kids to win a CT at home. How did that feel? And and talk us through that event.
4: Yeah, um, I was just, it was just, I just was able to let go of that event. You know, I um, always battled with my mind, like just overthinking stuff. And that event, um, you know, I was just able to um, just surf my best. So, you know, I'll start with that.
0: Do you remember any time in that comp where you could feel yourself hitting that space of, like, you know, of of calm and just letting yourself be in the moment? Do you remember a heat or a particular sort of moment where you were up against it and you just flicked it all off and just
4: surfed? Yeah, um, I think throughout that whole event I was able to, you know, find that space. Um, Against Kelly, you know, usually my mind would be doing backflips and how good he is and you know, oh, you know, he's my hero, blah, blah, blah. But um, I remember just sitting there and just, you know, kind of seeing that for what it was, but just kind of being in the moment and, and um, just being able to surf and l- that was cool. And just fucking giving it, it to it the goat. Yeah. I did, mate.
0: Uh, when, when you won that event, uh, I think I was commentating. I can't remember. It was a couple of big nights in the lead up to the final and stuff. But um, I remember uh, seeing you back. You know, like, it was uh, after you'd been chaired up the beach and you come through the back and there's just no-one around and we just saw each other and we fucking hugged it out. It was, like, the best moment of fucking my life up till then, <laughs> let alone yours. <laughs> no. But, um, yeah, like, what did you guys... Like, what, like, I was looking at the photos of that day and, and Joel and Mick, mate, your guys' faces are like you've won the comp. You, you both are fucking losing it. it. Was it like, you know, to see the, the, the trilogy complete, you've all had a CT win... Do you remember that day and uh, running down the beach to
2: cheer him out? Yeah, I, I think I was the most happy because it's the first event, and I just all I wanted to do was see the ratings where it said Dean Morrison, world number one. That was what I was just so pumped. I was just like, like, Tingo is world number one. So that was probably my one of my most proudest moments is being your mate. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, in, in the, in the there's <laughs> a couple of those, <Catwathers>, but <laughs> <laughs>
5: um, for me, it was more. We actually served against each other in the semis, and and um, he, uh, f- when he won the event, it was he had a really tough year the year before. Um, you know, we he only just qualified injury wild card, injury wild card, yeah. Um, and you know the back end of the year before was a bit tough and we sort of um it was like that mateship started on tour where we you know you you're around your mates and make sure that everything's okay and and it was yeah it was that moment where we got through a bit of the grind and then all of a sudden it, this was like the payoff and it was just like fuck yes you know when when you when you don't qualify and everyone's like, oh, maybe you shouldn't be on tour or maybe it's not, and then he comes out and wins the first event, and it's just like, shut up. He's one of the best in the world.
0: Hey, mate, it was a classic final. You and Ocky. I just remember the surf was pumping, dead glassy, just fucking double ups, and you were just on a fucking tear, mate. It was sick. What was it like to surf against Ock in that final, though? Well, oh. You're talking like two completely different generations, but Oc on a full-blown, you know still at the peak of his powers kind of thing after the, the second go around.
4: Yeah, it was, I mean, the final was unreal. Like, we had surfed four times up, like, that was the fourth time we surfed that day. And um, Ock was, I didn't know, but after he was like, mate, I was just so tired, I could, you know, I was bugging, but I was just, um, f- that, yeah, I, I was just frothing. Like, I, I um, my legs were gone. Like, on the back of the ski, they were fully cramping up, and I remember I just had such a big froth on. That every time I kind of got off the ski, I was just in such a good rhythm. I would just get like another bomb, so it was good.
0: That's so good. And Just, just before we let that one or move into the next bit, maybe, uh, two or three days later, I, I went for a surf at Snapper and I happened to just run down the beach at the same time as Dingo. And, uh, you know, he's just surfed Pump and Snapper for five days straight. We was run, running a jump off the rock. He goes, hey Blakey, any wave you want, mate just go for it I'll fucking call crew off for you so we, we jump off we paddle out and somehow I'm on his inside and I'm starting to paddle for one and, he, and I'm looking at him and he's going I'm going this one then go this one and he goes ha 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 check your mate just fucking cooks me <laughs>
4: after five days of surfing the joint by himself thanks heaps mate <laughs> always my turn first Blakey you know
0: that you were laughing your head off too you were fucking just laughing <laughs> Uh, no chance. <laughs> the
3: thing I remember about that event is, like, I just thought for sure, like, the Cooley kids have, had arrived and I thought, fucking earth, here we go. Like, uh, the Andy Kelly, like, dynasty, it's over. Uh, we're going to have an Aussie world champ by the end of the year. That didn't happen. Uh, from t- In 2003, I think uh, Andy and Kelly won nine out of uh, 12 events that year and it was uh, fucking absolutely crickets on the Australian front. But, um, I mean... <laughs> Like talk to us. Couple
0: a couple of bit. finals, but Yeah, a
3: couple of finals. Oh yeah, Park was in a couple of finals. Doing the ride, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, talk to us about, you know, what you learned from Andy and Kelly and what you learned from that year and seeing those guys uh up close just fucking going toe to toe.
5: Um oh, that were that were next level. Um we we were just fresh. We we didn't know. We were sort of still what were we, twenty, twenty one? We were just we were like, okay, we, we go surf and if the surf's not happening, we go party. That was our thing. <laughs> it was like, we're from Cooley. We we have a good time. Um, and and then it was just like, once we saw them just start taking off, it was just like, shit, we've got to get our, th- our shit together. Um, but in that time, Parker got second in the world. You know, behind Andy, it was like, he surfed a ph- phenomenal I think it was 2003.
2: Yeah, but then I think we were just real hot and cold because we were new. Like, like I guess anything, like, say, for instance, for f- some freak footy player, you know, comes out, he plays two good games and has one shocker and kind of that's... I felt like consistency was a bit of a, bit of a shit one for, 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 when I, for us and for me in particular. And they were in their prime, so they had a real nice fierce rivalry which didn't allow them to have shockers, so they were always on. Um, and always consistent. And that just comes, I guess, with a bit more experience too. So I think once we started to, yeah, I guess, weed out our shockers all the time and our shit heats and start to actually, that's when we probably projected to there.
3: Took another four years uh, until Fenny, until Mick wins his world title.
2: 40 or four? Four?
3: 40? I oh, don't 40. know. You <laughs> <He> said 40. <laughs> ah, I'm a bit slurry, mate. Fucking give me a break. Yeah. Taking a few shots to the dome. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, seeing again, just like, just seeing Andy and uh, Kelly up close like that, like, was there any moments in competitors' areas or behind the scenes where you were like, fuck, this is what it takes to get to the top? Like,
2: um,
5: oh, I remember one year, the year that Andy and Kelly were, like, as fierce as it got. Um I was staying with Andy at the Red Bull House, and um, I remember we're driving, we're driving to sunset, and it was like he was like, "Oh, I've lost it. I'm fucking lost the world title. I can't believe I'm getting up early to go and surf sunset." And and I was just like, "You fucking kidding? Like Kelly's shit at sunset. You go mad there, and then and then go and smash him a pipe and." it just, it, something just clicked. He just went absolutely loony. He um, he he paddled out that day and just did the most incredible things. But there was something in his mindset that just totally switched. He went from this kid of having fun, all his mates were over, to being like real selective who came over um, and just was just so game on. And then the week of the showdown at Pipe, like he would just go to his room every every night at 6 and i don't know if he was stretching or what what was going on and but he would just come down for dinner just so focused like it was like kelly was his meal and he just <laughs> ate him every night and then go back up it was it was it was crazy the
3: mindset that he had that's amazing. Just seeing Kelly's head staring back out of the sirloin steak that you're eating. You're like, Fuck! I'll get, get into me. Get into me.
0: My all-time favourite. My all-time favourite story about that year is when Kelly loses and Andy happens to be paddling out. You know, in the next heat, and they pass each other in the channel. And um, you know, Andy's paddling out and Kelly's paddling in. And Andy knows he's going to fucking either win the comp or come second or whatever. And he just goes, "Oh brah, you left the yeah. door so open, brah! just fully just fucking like he was the first guy to fucking trash talk Kelly like on a level like no one else and it fucking worked
5: should have seen when Kelly walked in the Red Bull house the one time oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that's what it sounded like when he ran out it was it was heavy like we've all seen that iconic photo where that Sherman got and and it was so funny Andy's sitting here and he's on his computer or i, I think he was on his computer and there's uh myself i think you were in the room too i was laying on the floor in yeah. front of the tv watching and then TV. we had um one or two of the hazards and shag and we're all sitting there watching tv and Andy's like talking away and then all of a sudden he just goes he's like what the fuck, bro? And we're like, we all just stopped. We looked at each other. We probably did these ones like, oh God. And, and Kelly walks in and he's like, is Bruce here? And Kelly's like, I mean, Andy's like, who the fuck is Bruce, bro?
3: No way.
2: Sorry. Never heard that one. Yeah. Who the fuck is Bruce? Yeah. <laughs> it was something about golf or something. Yeah, I so want so to go I, play golf with him or something. I remember I put my head up. And
5: like, yeah, and we're all like sitting there. We're, we're all dead quiet. We're like, shh, 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 shh. And then, and then Kelly's like, oh, I've, I've come to pick up Bruce for golf. And he's like, no fucking Bruce here, bro. <laughs> What was he doing after Kelly left? Did it spin oh, him out or? It was amazing. He just got armed. you just steamed around. What the fuck was that? Was that mind games? Was, this, was that? And we're all just sitting there, just losing it, just like yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, it was one of the best moments ever. Like to have that photo and like live that story, being in that room. We were, we all. Andy just started running around like the kitchen, and that uh, we all ran to my room and just started losing it like. laughing.
3: Wow. wow, that's such a classic insight. Um, I mean, before you get to you know before any of the coolie kids crack the world title silverware, obviously you fucking tore your hemi off the bone, like one of the most radical injuries uh, you can suffer really is a you know aspiring fucking world champ. But um, I mean. Just to, to Joel and Dean, like the rehab process, how did Mick change through that period? Did he change through that period?
4: Yeah, um, we were talking a bit on the phone. You know, I was checking in on him, see what he was doing when we were overseas and I think we had a big Europe leg and I would call up and see what was going on. But um, you could just kind of see the focus. I think there was an injury wildcard um, that he had, you used to You just have to stand up in front of everyone, in front of the whole CT, and then they would um, determine whether you got it or not. And um, Mick went up there, and he said, "Oh, you know," said his uh, speech, but I just remember him saying, "You know, it's game on." And um, he comes straight out of the, straight out and won the first event. And um, yeah, you just kind of see he'd moved to that next level where it was just all about winning heats, and you know. Um, the, the, the biggest one was, though, when we were coming back from Mundaka. And um, I think I beat him at Trestles and Joel had just beat him at Mundaka. And um, we were all <laughs> getting, we were blind. And um, I think my, I, the partner I was, I was seeing at the time was driving. And uh, he was just in the back and he had his head on. And um, he just goes, fuck you and Parker, you fucking, you're not beating me anymore and I'm fucking winning the world title next year. And I went, fucking whatever, mate. <laughs> and, then, um, and, then he, and then he come out in Brazil and, and he won Brazil. It was at the end of the year, but you could just see that role was on. And then it t- went to Trestles. I think there was about nine events in between that he didn't make, um, did not make the semis. <laughs> uh, like he made, yeah, so it was semi-finals or he won it or he got a second. So he's got a third, yeah. first or a second.
0: Mad roll, finished that year and then rolled it into 2007. What about you Joel, did you see like, you could, could you see the game was changing for all three of you guys at that stage? Uh,
2: uh, yeah, I reckon. I reckon that when, when you did your hammy, I guess you learnt so much about yourself. You, it was, you know, one of your small, you know, speed bumps you had to go over because you've had probably a lot bigger ones. But I reckon you learned a lot about yourself and you became really determined in that, in that uh, sitting on the, the couch and whatever you... Remember when you... Remember when you shit yourself and I come over? <laughs> I, I came over to see him after his surgery and he had to get up and I was just like, oh, mate, do you want a hand? And he's like, I got this and he had one of those, like, you know, after surgery toilet things and he just shit. <laughs> and I was like... Ah, mate, this is you what know, it's got to, eh? Like <laughs>
3: <It> <laughs> smells worse than an aged care facility, in it's here. It's what it looked
2: like. It, looked it was like. an aged care facility. And, uh, and your partner at the time too wasn't there, and I was there and I was like, I'm not cleaning that fucking <laughs> shit <laughs> But I'll, saying, I'll help you up, <laughs> I'll, I'll help you up, but you not I'm not cleaning it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, I always thought that there was nothing that you three wouldn't do for each other, so I've learned something tonight. I'm not cleaning
5: <laughs> his shit.
2: Oh. <laughs>
5: Oh, I was so heavy. I, I had this because, because the scar goes like, you know, a quarter down down my leg. I couldn't, whenever I went to the toilet, I couldn't wipe because it was just too sore. And so I asked Joel wow. to help me get to the shower. <laughs> I just had it all just dripping down my
0: leg. We always get insights on this show, Smitty, that I don't see coming. Oh, that's an insight right into
3: Fanos' corn. Incredible.
2: (laughs) Actually, now I've split my corn. You come and do mine.
5: (laughs) Yours is dirty,
0: mate. I bet. Yeah, the second you busted your corn the other day was mixed number on the first thing on
5: your mind. I think I need help. He was was in the car park waiting for me to come in. He's like, Oh, I'm a bit stiff. And I'm like, You'll be right, mate.
3: (laughs) Suck it up. Suck.
5: (laughs) Had some some wet wipes. I could have helped him, but I didn't.
3: Suck that sphincter right back into your body, son. (laughs) But, uh, Mick, look, in that year as well, mate, what did you learn about yourself? You know, we're talking about a bit before about resilience and, like, you know, every hit that you take, you come back bigger and stronger. And I don't think there's a better example of that than 2004, coming back and winning the comp on your, you know, on your returns. Just one of the fucking greatest and most surreal comebacks oh, I can think of in sport, really. Up there with Owen Wright, I guess, winning here at Snapper as well. Um, yeah, look,
5: I, I guess there was, there was a couple of key moments in that time. Like, I was, it was the first time... Like, I guess us growing up, we just surfed. And whatever food we could get, we would eat. Um, you know, we didn't really train. Like, we thought running around the lake and swimming was training. And it was the first time that I actually learned about my body and learn about what went into my body. Like, I thought if you put salad on a Hungry Jack's burger, it was healthy. Um, and so, I, I yeah, I, I just learned about you know, myself and and the body and all that at that time. Um, And then probably the biggest key moment was, like, when these guys were away on tour and I was just, you know, I just wanted to be there so bad. And I sort of almost took it for granted, in a sense, and, and like, oh, yeah, we'll just surf. Like, that's what we do. We just go surfing and and we're going to take on the world or whatever. And then, um, yeah to not know if you're ever going to get to that level again, it was just like, shit, like, you've got to put some things together. And then there was this once, I was watching um, watching uh, old replays and I had a heat against Wilsey the year before and I remember watching it and I've said this story many times and um, I was watching it and I thought I got absolutely flogged and I looked at the scores and I didn't get beaten by that much but I remember looking at myself going, I was just off. And the reason was because I went out a couple of nights earlier <laughs> and I wasn't sharp and that was it. I, felt, I had this mad guilt just come over me. It was just like six to my stomach. I was like, that is never happening again. And I was just like, work before play now.
0: Wow. I've, <clears throat> I've adopted the exact same philosophy with these shows, mate. exact same. No beers until at least half an hour before the show. <laughs> Try and keep it to like four minimum before the theme song starts. It's working really well, I reckon. <laughs> um, 2007, we know about, you know, the world title was won was, uh, for the ages. I think Australian surf fans in particular just, fuck, man, it was something to grip onto and be stoked about. Um. Yeah, it was incredible. It was incredible. It felt like, you know, it was, it was starting to happen. Um, but the thing that blows me away is that fucking when these big moments happen in your careers, you guys, there's always one of you in the water together. Like Joel, you were in the water with Mick when that heat played out. I think we all were. I think you were in it. Were you in the water too? Yeah, was that the one of the two thousand? No, no, two thousand seven. Like I think you guys had a semi, and and the yeah, yeah. beat yeah. Kelly or when something. the dolphin
2: went through and yeah. shit like
0: that. Yeah, yeah like does yeah. it trip you out? To
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just. Uh, um, I guess so. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess you say that, but I guess we always wanted to be at the the yeah, pointy end of the contest, but um, yeah, I guess it worked out that way. Both. Pretty much every time. If, you're, if someone won you know, something major, there was always someone happened to be either paddling out, paddling in or, or was closest to them. Oh, come on, get a bit more Spiro with us, Parker. We're trying to have a mystic moment here, mate. <laughs> I don't know. Do you? Well, you know. You know what? Right, the, the one that blew my mind was when, we were, when Mick won his first world title in the water, when they counted it in, Three, two, one, the heat ends, Mick Fanning's world champ and he still has to surf his heat because it was a semi-final. Um, the person who lost out was the Dolphin and that, that, that place in Brazil is a shithole. Like, there's fucking... No, like, I love Brazil, but the actual place in Batuba, it's the most polluted place. If you were a Dolphin, it'd be the last place you'd go...
3: And he, sure, it was a dolphin, not just a huge like nard. No, it was
2: like one dolphin came like playing around the lineup right through us all. And um, after Mick losing his brother Sean, it was it was quite a uh, quite a moment. Hey, mate. I'll yeah, it was. It was
5: weird. It was like to give you background on Bill's story it was when all that stuff came out about the the dolphins in. Um, in japan and i got this email off rasta i was like whoa this is heavy and i was just like you know click mailbox send to everyone and and i padded out i didn't really think much about it um and i just thought it was a dolphin coming back but every heat that day the like speaking to the cameraman um, jd uh he was just like it would only show up in your heat and it was just like it was weird and he said it showed itself once in in our heat in our semi and then it just disappeared. That was it. But it would come back every time, every time I paddled out it was like, yeah, you don't want to get too spiritual. Like we're not that spiritual. Uh, but it was just like, well, it took a moment to just like really think about it and go, maybe there was something else going on, you know?
2: God. <laughs> Maybe it was when you guys burnt the hotel down, (laughs) right? And you had these black surfboards because their their surfboards got burnt when they lent. It's the craziest story. So in Brazil, these two are staying together and I'm in the room across and we have a blackout. So they give fucking 40 surfers, Aussie surfers on the beers, 500 candles, put these in your room. First oh, thing that Dingo does is put it also. onto the TV and the TV catches fire. <laughs> no,
4: that that well, was Dingo goes position. out
2: for a barbecue somewhere else and the whole whole hotel. I'm, mate, I come out and I'm like down low. I remember Michael Lowe screaming at me, they've burned it down, get down low and go, go, go. <laughs> 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 <Yes>. <laughs> And they're like, oh, and we no. were, and sure enough, I'm like, who's burnt it down? And he's like, Dingo and mix room. And I was just like... <laughs> I grabbed my passport, my backpack, and ran out of my house, <laughs> like, ran out of my room. The next day, we had the contest, and these two turned up with their boards completely, like, covered in soot. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was... No, they look black. Like, blackboards are cool now, but, fuck, these guys did it with soot <laughs> labour And And uh, I'll uh. never I'll never forget that. Just And you guys are across the road or next door having a barbecue with other people, so... Oh,
3: that's unbelievable.
2: Do you want to hear the real story? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, no. uh.
5: we, still, we still don't know the real story. <laughs> so, Dingo and I were in a room together, and there wasn't just a hundred candles. Like... This whole island was blacked out. This whole hotel had like 1,500 candles in it. And, you know, we'd f- Dingo and I were in our room. We're going through the, through the boards and everything. And, and he's like, oh, I've got a bit of a ding. Um, should I go and um, – should, should we go next door and, and get it fixed? And I was like, yeah, no worries. Let's, let's go. I've got to get outside. And then he's like, should we blow out the candle? And I was like, no, we'll be five minutes. Like, we'll be back in no time. Next thing, we're driving around the whole island finding lunch. We're going barbecues. And (laughs) we're cruising. And we drive past the hotel and and no word of a lie, there's fire trucks everywhere. And Dingo's like, which idiot left their candle on? (laughs) And then next
0: thing, Paco flies past with his backpack on, going go 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 low, low, low! go go go.
3: <laughs> That's Hall of Fame. That's my cheeks are hurting.
0: So mate, uh, the only thing, or well, the reason why I wore this blues jumper tonight, up the blues, <laughs> up the blues, fuck you. Yeah! It's because. Uh, the only thing that can tear Cool and gather apart like a State of Origin match is a 2009 world title race. Um, but it's true. Uh, we've You guys have spoken about it a lot. But again, I think the moment that fucking blows my mind again is that you're, all three of you are in the water when it goes down. All three of you are in that tiny little fucking circle of space when fucking... You know, the impossible situation happens where, especially I think for Dingo, you know, you're in the middle. You've you you you've got both emotions running hot. You've got the guy who's been your best mate since you were a tiny little kid losing the world title and you've got your guy who's best mate since you were a tiny little kid winning the world title. How was that moment for you? Because, fuck, mate, I just don't even know how he must have been feeling.
4: Yeah, um, it was, you know, I, I had a hit with Mick and, you know, it was just... I knew he was going for world title, but I was going to do my best in that heat anyway. Um, well, it was going against Joel. It was Parker. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and Mick would, you know, he'd want me to do my best as well. Like, um, so it was, you know, it was, it was heartbreaking because, um, you know, I think Joel, you were against... Uh, the kid from Kawhi. Ga- Gavin Gillette. Gavin yeah. Gillette. I smoked a,
3: an apple cone of him in uh, <laughs> uh, just, up, just up here on the roof of commune, actually. Uh, Chris Coat packed it. Steve Sherman was asleep on a kiddie's pool in the corner. It was fucking the crowning glory of my career, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. As he was, like, thumbscrewing it in, I'm like, fuck, you're that kind of knocked Parker out in 2009. Are you kidding me?
4: <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. That was... But the first person when Mick hit the beach was to carry him up the beach was Joel, so it was um, you know to see that like did you did you get to see Joel in the lineup? Yeah, we did. I could see. Yeah, we seen him and um, they hugged. We all hugged and um, you know you could see, like, you know he, he was he was just lost the world title, he but you know um to be on the beach for when Mick come in and carry him up the beach just shows how much character he has and what type of person you is, you know?
0: This is the to be a tough question to answer, Mick. Was it, what was there any part of you torn in that moment? A little bit. Um, well, in a percentage, what,
5: 0.1%? <laughs> no. Um, no, it... it, it like I remember paddling out and Dingo sort of paddled across earlier and I I I wasn't um concentrating on the scores but I, as I was paddling out I saw Joel fall off a wave and they said that Joel still need to wave and I was just like oh uh look I don't wanna be anywhere near in the lineup. I don't wanna, you know, wig him out or, or anything. I just want him to just go and do what he wants to do. So I, I sat by the skis for a while and um, when it did happen like I didn't celebrate or anything I just paddled over to him and just gave him a hug because I knew how much had gone into that year like when Joel had done his ankle you know he rang me and I was like how do you like I was like mate just take an event off and and then come back and you know I'll, I'll help you take out people because I wasn't even 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 in the race at that point and I was just like I'll help you take people out and and we'll get there. We'll get there, you know. And and then all of a sudden it just flipped where I'd won a couple of events and and then I was in a in a race against your your best mate. And I think I think a lot of people sort of like wanted the, the tear and wanted to see things um, you know just deteriorate. But like a couple of days before, we were sitting there throwing the footy with each other, chatting and just you know wished each other luck and just went all right. Now We just gave each other time and, and, res- and the respect that we do. Um, and it was, it, was, it was tough in a, in a way. Like, um, but yeah, once I gave him the hug, it was sweet. I was on. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> joking, I'm joking. I reckon, joking.
0: like, uh, fuck, man. You can see it in some guys. Like Tom Carroll says when he lost that world title. I, I know he had a couple. But he said when he lost that world title in 88, he was never the same. You know, he, he, he just went, fuck it, I'm just going to focus on Pipeline from now and I've, I've got no world, ch- world title chasing left. When you, when you can bounce back from a loss like that, Paco, and fucking win a world title, man, it's just, it shows so much grit. Like, how did you recover? Like, what, what methods did you use to heal and get back after being that close and knowing that it was sort of, you know, not taken from you, but really like the ankle injury really fucking buckled your year. Um. Yeah. Did I you mean, just come back and just go? I what? still,
2: I still kind of count two thousand nine as my world title anyway. So Trophy's even though he's got house. a trophy, he's fucking mine. <laughs> but, uh, you you were not like Marco uh, won three I of was, five before the injury. It was pretty fucking. Yeah, amazing, I was on a bro. roll. I wasn't. Yeah, I was. But anyway, that's that's water under the bridge. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, but <laughs> no. mate, the, quest, the question no, is, but, uh, like, when like did question? you feel like, like you could bounce? Do you know what, do you know what like, my grit through it all, like, I'd, I had, had two kids by that stage and I really feel that, like, uh, I was, like, mm, oh, my wife and I had I'd really been starting to be really comfortable with, you know, for... From eight till five, or whatever it's you know, for when I wanted, to, when I had my hat pro surfer hat on, and then I could have my other hat on, and I could be. I really started to felt like I juggled my life started really well, and I started to be able to do that. That's probably why the grit came through. And I, you know, I just felt like, uh, even in 2010, I did the other injury or whatever. But when I, when I got to actually the point of winning my world title, it was, you know. You could throw a million things at me, but nothing was going to stick. It felt like so, due to all the, the, I guess adversities and being a being a father and growing up on tour with my kids. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just reckon to bounce back from such a, a a near miss and to do it is just fucking remarkable, man. And there's no question that it different times all three of you guys were the best surfer in the world you know at, at some point you all deserved to be world number one and you all did it it just fucking blows my mind man well done
3: I know 2012 Parker you finally finished the year ranked number one in the world you're the world champ fucking earth nah and the Australian surfing public breathed a collective sigh of relief. It was, you know, the world title that had to happen. Uh, and, and uh, you know... And it's, it's, Mick, it's Mick who wades, you know, waist deep in the water to, to pick you up, fucking rips the stitches out of his feet. Um, it's, such a, it's such an emotional, powerful moment to witness. I mean, Mick, what was that experience like for you?
5: Fuck! I've never been so nervous in my life. Um, seriously, I uh, was sitting in the yard at the Billabong house, and I didn't want to go anywhere near him that day. Um, it was just like I'm just gonna sit over there and sit in the sit in the corner, and and I was just like, yeah, I was so so nervous. And then when it actually happened, it was just like like this. Like to see one of your childhood friends go and achieve a dream, um, it was like I, I started crying. I, I was in the yard by myself like crying and no one was around me. I was hiding behind this palm tree and I was just like, yeah, I was just like, yes, this is the best thing ever. Um, and I, I, I've spoken about it before, but that was seriously one of my greatest moments on tour was being there and just witnessing you win the world title. It was, it was fucked Thank up. Thank you, brother.
2: Thank you.
0: And Dingo, I mean, we've got to get your take on this too, man. You, you were there in the water in 2009 for the, probably one of the most heartbreaking moments to see Joel get that title. What did it mean to you?
4: Mate, um, it was probably one of the best day of sporting events I'd ever witnessed. I was actually down at um, Rainbow Surf Club just with his dad. And uh, we, I just watched the whole day unfold and it was um, it was just amazing to witness it. And to, you know, t- from where we had come from and, and what he had done and just knowing that he wanted to achieve that, it was, uh, yeah, it was just so special. Thanks. And I
3: mean, if there was a Core Lords World title, you'd have won it fucking seven times, Dingo. <laughs> you are a maniac. I mean... Uh, you know, come retirement, you went on an absolute hot streak. Uh, XXL nominations, Code Red swells, uh, The Right. You packed a fucking trillion slabs, a trillion cones. I'm pretty safe in saying that you're the most barreled man in human planetary history. Um, you know, when, you, when you, your world tour career wound up uh, I mean yeah did you feel like you had an itch to scratch like why did you go in search of the kind of waves that you went in search of
4: Um, you know surfing for me has just always been you know something I progress and try to get better at and um, I feel like the you know the biggest things that I had to get over was actually surfing waves of consequence I I used to get so scared and I never felt like I was that great at it but um, there was just something there that I just, I wanted to be better than what I was there, and um, when I when I quit the tour, I I just wanted to, um, I just want to surf, you know, explore myself in that side of surfing, and um, you know there was some massive swells and yeah, you just kind of rock up and you know hope you, I hope you get the best way of your life. But mate, <laughs> some of the fucking orbs you pulled into are. F-
0: Fucking ridiculous! Like, what were you guys making a digos to your career choice to just be, you know, former pro surfer to a mad cunt? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh. fuck! Did
2: you see that coming? Yeah, um, yeah. Oh fuck! I always knew he was amazing. In great surf, he was amazing. But I reckon it wasn't until he told me this story about him where when he went jaws. That, that always scared the shit out of me. He took the biggest paddle wave he'd ever got and he had the inflation vest and he got to the bottom and he knew it was going to eat him and he just pulled the vest while he was still on his board. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, just, like, you know, I just thought, mate, that's how scared I would be. I would, you know, like you're meant to pull it when you're under the water, you know, to pop. He pulled it when he was still on his board.
4: Yeah, and I, I'll never do it again because like you're on an 11-foot surfboard that's, that weighs, you know... 15 kilos and it just in the white What well, that board was with me the whole time just hit me in the head I come up with like the biggest golf balls on my head and like and like um I remember uh, Victor Lopez was there going I was, couldn't even see I almost knocked me out and he's like you're right and I just I put my hand up and he just grabbed it and jumped, chucked me on the back of the ski <laughs> <laughs> sounds fucked <laughs> so much fun <laughs>
0: uh, and what about the right mate like you, you got nominated for an XXL award right of the year uh, at the right which is you know from all reports the most shit wave ever invented <laughs>
6: uh,
0: you know it's like it's got the Mavericks thing it's got a, a, a mushroom rock that then goes off a waterfall so like you know as soon as you you go over that shallow bit you get pushed down your eardrums rupture all sorts of fucked shit shit happens under there like what, what what's that place like to surf and what was that wave like,
4: mate? It's it's just like before it. I, I remember I'd, I'd be checking the maps and it would um it was just it was huge, you know. They everyone kind of you check the buoys the night before and it's like oh you know the locals like, going I've never seen it so big and blah blah blah. But then um you know you, you get out there in the morning and it's just uh, you you just want to enjoy it and you know you know what the consequences are. You know you could get really hurt. But um, you just kind of get in the moment where you, where you, want, to get a, you know, want to get the best wave of your life. That's what I'm always about. What's the vision like in it?
0: Do you see what's going on or is your adrenaline just so peaking out you don't even know what you're looking at or where you are?
4: Um, that wave was probably one of the most memorable waves. I remember being on it and it was just sucking up so much and I just had to point my board straight because it was just the draw on it. Was like it was like Kira, 20 foot, and um, I was going straight. I remember seeing the lip like come over me as I was going straight, and I was just and I just tried to hang on as much as I could, and then I kind of engulfed me, and I, like and I and it just and then I seen daylight. And I was like ah, oh. and it was just it was you know it was, that was probably one of the most memorable ways I've ever had. Yeah, the
0: deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> And did you just unroll the lippy and gloss every leg in sight when you came out? What's what's that? What'd you say? (laughs) I've just heard that dingoes have little pink dicks that
3: get
4: all glossy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mate, yeah. She she was roaring that day.
3: (laughs) And what about uh, in the the paddle version of big wave surfing? Any really standout paddle sessions, big wave paddle sessions you can uh, talk about? Um...
4: I remember having one session. Just uh, it was early in the morning, and it was it was really big pipe, and uh, it was like second reef. It was like second reef, like feathering, but then just it was just mutant on first reef, and I was one of the first ones out, and, and John John was out there too, and um, it was just me and him out in the lineup. It was, it was, uh, and um, there's a few waves that come through that we we're sitting in the spot, and that he didn't go. And he was just kind of coming up, this kid. And I was like, man, this kid isn't that gnarly, you know? I was like, kind of thought that. And then this thing come through. It was just, like, it backed off second reef. And I was on, on the first reef. And I was like, man, this isn't the one he's waiting for, is it? And he, just he sure enough, he just swung under, under the lip and just free fell. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And I just, you know, I just went, wow. I mean, this kid's next level, you know. Wow.
3: wow. That is a wild story. Got a good image of that. I mean uh like Dingo we know you had like a, a difficult upbringing uh and I guess what I want to know from the boys is you know take away like take away the head noise to just go on raw talent um you know h- how good was Dingo how how many world titles could he have won? you know we're not all born equal in this world it's it's a fallacy
5: growing up Dingo was unbeatable he was he was so mature for his age um yeah like he was untouchable like talking about like you know at that stage you're talking about all these american kids and that i think joel and i were sitting there going no we've got our spearhead here we're gonna you know he's gonna win and and we'll just be playing second and third fiddle most of the time but he was dingo was just natural talent even just surfing with him today you you see him read a wave it's there's something uncanny about it that no one else has he's he's extremely extremely talented
4: thanks man
2: <laughs> by far the most barreled person that i've ever met <laughs> by far there is no one has had more tubes on the planet than i've met than this man so that's uh that's it
0: righto boys uh, Let's get a round of applause for our panel. We're getting close to the end. So before we throw it open to the room, there's just one question I want to ask you guys uh, having surfed against each other for a lot of years. We're going to throw it open to the Swillians in a minute. But if there was one heat that you wish you could surf again against either of these guys, who, what heat would it be,
4: Dingo? Oh, which. Um, mate, I I don't know, we had a good, we had a good heat um, up at a, up at a secret spot up north a few months ago and it was just, (laughs) it was just good, you know, it was just us but it was just, um, it was good just being together and, you know, every time we get to surf together I enjoy, there's not one moment that stands out but, um, you know, I I was kind of stoked because you know Joel's always in rhythm, he was having a shocker and me and Mick were laughing at him <laughs> as he was paddling out and we were just kind of rubbing it in. <laughs> and the waves were
0: pumping. <laughs> Mate, is it, is it true all three of you guys are in the Red Bull Cape Fear if it pops
5: off at Chippies.
4: Yeah. yeah. Fuck
0: yes! Pull those rashes back on, boys!
5: Fingers crossed it don't happen. <laughs>
0: Paco, is there a heat that you could wish you, you wish you could surf again against either Mick or um, Dingo?
2: Like, do you mean, like, just because, like, you want to relive the heat or you want to change the result? Either the or,
0: mate. Like, I, I saw a, a heat out here at uh, Kira once that um, you guys both surfed. I that think was you, pretty special. You, no. won it, you know, it was like fucking cooking, Kira. They'd moved it from Snapper. It was just, you both you guys got... Tens
2: or nines for both your waves, and uh, um, I'll But then there's the Tahiti final, pr- which probably I really Tahiti like. final for me. Actually, maybe even the one in Bacio. After I drank a bottle of wine and beach, that was pretty good. <laughs> 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 but no, I'd probably go with the Tahiti final. The Tahiti final for sure. Um, you yeah, blew it. I blew it. <laughs> Fucking blew. It. I absolutely blew it. I'd think about that one.
5: <laughs> I sold the car salesman. I sold him. Sold him on a lemon. He was
2: full fucking, full Von Bribra, fucking used car salesman. Catch this one, catch this one. <laughs> I just... Mick,
0: you got a final you'd like to serve? It doesn't have to be a change of result either, just a magic one. Like that 50-year Bills final that Parco won, fuck, that was a sick final, man. You guys fucking ripped that thing to... Yeah. Smithers.
5: Probably probably one of the funniest, probably the funniest heat was um, when we were kids, um... Dingo and I just spoke about this just the other day actually. And it was, we're at Winky Pop for um, a Pro Junior event. And um, I, was, I was in third, so let's just put it, D- Dingo's at the top of the point. I was second, Parker had just caught a wave, but, and the results were Dingo was flogging us, Parker was in second and I was in third and I needed a wave to get through the heat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's right, this is fucked, this is fucked. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and there was 10 seconds to go and a wave came and I, I don't know what even, I don't even remember what score it was but anyway, Parker was probably about 50 metres away from us and the wave came, there wouldn't have been enough time for two waves but Dingo had the inside and he's won it by a mile and with, he started paddling and you just hear Parker just going don't you give it to him, don't you give it to him <laughs> And Dingo just looked at, heard that, looked at me and just goes, Go, mate.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a good one to finish on. Fucking round of applause for the boys. Alright, we're gonna throw it over to the Swillians. Bunny racket. Give us a little reprieve while we get this uh, crowd mic kicked in.
6: Wooly marathon on motorcycle Wooly marathon on motorcycle, cycle, cycle You
0: All right, guys, this is our last section for the night. We've got a graphene wetsuit, billabong, 100% recycled. It's the shit. It's fucking so warm, man. I wore it the other day. I was fucking cooking, and it was great. Don't forget, at the end of the show, we're going to get Mick, Joel, and Dingo down the front for a big group photo, so uh, make sure you squeeze in for the end of that. All righty. Who's got a question for the panel? Here we go. Oh, look out. It's our little mate, Ruby. (laughs) Hey, Rubes. Who's your question for? Uh,
3: My question's actually for Mick. Um, An old bloke I work with has actually gotten your uh, reefer thongs, you know, the ones that have the bottle openers in the bottom. Uh, One of his mates actually opened his beer bottle after stepping in dog shit and uh, drank a bit of dog shit. And I was just kind of wondering, where was your kind of hygienic, you know, like thought when you put a bottle opener on the bottom of a thong? Well it was clearly a practical joke intended for Old mate, wasn't it? Yeah.
5: Um, to be really honest, this was before any bacteria actually moved into the earth. Uh, this is back in the good old days of 2004. You could eat dog shit as a meal. Uh, it was totally fine. We
3: all like dog shit, isn't it mate?
5: Fully, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, we, we, had, we had zero. Someone just, one of the designers actually just came to me and just went, do you want to put a bottle opener in the bottom of your thong? And I was like, why not? And, uh, yeah, still going strong. Uh, coming up to 25 years in 2024. Let's do it. Hey. is that
0: wrong math? Sorry, 20 years. Fucking hell, what about that?
5: Did you make a,
0: make a bit of change out of that, Fano, <laughs> f- or?
5: I paid for where I live, I tell you.
0: I uh I've got one of the swelling number one swellings here, Ants man. You got a question, Ants?
4: Yeah, um yeah, because I, I would like to do some good coming some fucking um fucking swellings because I would like to go surfing every time in, the, in snapper rocks. pretty good sport, so um yeah, it's a pretty good shoot and I would like would like really really do, do every um, like like um just to take some surf videos and surf
0: filmmakings and sort of stuff. That's just a comment from Ant-Man. Everyone, a round of
3: applause for the Ant-Man. Yeah. It's good to see we're rubbing off on crew though, Vaughn, Ant-Man's been coming to a lot of our shows but I haven't heard him swear until tonight so yeah. well played. Yeah, well played.
2: Um, Can I just say, mate, he follows the Swellians everywhere, Ant-Man. It's great to see, mate. Good on you and good on you. But it's a bit of a bummy you're starting to speak like Smithy a bit. But uh, oh. <laughs> but it's so good, mate. I'm, I'm really proud of you for coming along again. On you, Parker. <laughs> All right. Uh, name and question, mate.
4: Yeah, it's, it's Ted here. Um, you guys have been great brand ambassadors over the years. So uh, talk me through your choice of beers this evening.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: this one? Well, they don't sell Bolter here, so... I Simple choice I, I'm, I actually got on the Coopers once with Dingo And it was the worst headache of my life So <laughs> That's it Right I've
0: got a question from Davey down here Here you go Davey. having fun?
4: Yeah pretty good eh how, how good is tonight eh Everyone's just losing it's tonight, aren't they Alright this is from Mick Fanning
5: I heard a rumour that you got kicked out of the Surfer Apollo Awards Was that Michael Fanning getting kicked out Or was that Eugene getting kicked out <laughs> It, it wasn't Mick, um, it was, yeah, I got, I got kicked out, I was uh, wrestling Corey Lopez um, and trying to stab him with a surfer pole trophy um, and yeah, I don't remember, I think that was the, the night too that I, um, I wrote Kelly off on stage. And I woke up to a knock at my door in the morning. Jimmy Slade, yeah. Well, um, what was the
0: story then, Mick? Didn't he, didn't he say, uh, what, how would you feel if I came to your country and got up and made a fucking fool out of you
5: midway through your speech? What did you say? Pretty much. Um, yeah, I just said, you get laid, mate.
3: Well played.
5: <laughs> but I woke up the next morning to a knock at the door... And it was the owner of Rip Curl Claw, and uh, Claw's Claw's amazing. I have to stand up for this one. He walks in my door and he goes, mm, Mick, yes, mm, good, mm, um, great show last night, yes, mm, yes. And I was like, so I'm not in trouble. And he's like, don't do it again.
0: <laughs> Names, Danny. This one's going to Dingo. I remember back, everyone's revving everyone up, funny questions, but this is serious. I remember it was round four, search at Chile, you had Slater. We're the biggest GOAT fans, but you (laughs) always inspired us, you had a bit of a GOAT style and you always used to ride like no tail pad. The Vulcan stickers on the nose looked epic, but then you got that like nine or nine five whatever, highest heat total of the event, Andy went on to win, but how'd it feel to paddle in that wave and smoke the GOAT?
6: (laughs)
4: mate <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah <laughs> smoke the goat <laughs> uh, mate yeah I remember that heat against Kelly um, I think I got a 9-5 and then I was sitting on my board just waiting for a set and um, I had priority and I looked around he was pretty much sitting on my board with me I was like I was like What the fuck, and I just, I didn't even, I just went, what the fuck are you doing? I just paddled off a bit, and then I, the next wave I got a 10 on him, so I was pretty, I was stoked with that.
0: (laughs) That's a fucking beauty. who's got a question? Alright, not too many more, name and then question.
3: Yeah, my name's Michael Negro, it's normally a bit of a TC question, this one. But in all honesty, 10-foot pipe,
0: limited crowd or six-foot speedies and you had to travel 100 ks to get there. But I just want to know, what's better?
3: Six-foot speedies, six-foot,
4: 10-foot pipe or six-foot speedies? Good, 10-foot pipe. (laughs) You'd have to go all day. Speedies is unreal, though. (laughs) Dingo just unrolled the lippy at the thought of it. (laughs)
5: not going to touch the lippy, you can have it.
4: <laughs> oh, what happened? I didn't... It did was a joke on me, though. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. You just smoke Shut the goat me.
0: however you please,
4: mate. <laughs> oh,
3: fuck, I don't know.
0: We got another question? Here we go. Was that for you?
3: My name is Niall, and I was wondering if the WSL instead a Masters League, would you boys be keen to participate? And who would be on it?
0: Good question. If the, if the WSL did a Masters Tour, would you give it a crack? And who would be on it? And who would be on it? Top, top 15. Would you just leave it for Davo and Shane Beshin?
5: <laughs> we'll just leave it for those guys.
3: <laughs> I have a world title. <laughs> no,
5: the only reason... I got towed into Cape Fear this year and I was like, I'm not going without these guys. So, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere without these Fuck, guys. Fuck, I, I can't wait to see you guys it. fly off the step, mate. It's going to be that fun.
0: Hey, how did you go down there, Parco, when you went down recently? Did you, did you feel like you were in touch with the wave? Not at all.
2: <laughs> I was so shit scared and realised I'm way out of my depth. <laughs> and then, yeah, um, uh, but uh, hey, back on that Masters question, I don't think I'd put a rash on to go and do it. It'd, it'd be fun to do, like, maybe a one-off, but if they did a full tour, I don't think but it'd, be, it'd be fun. Righto. Uh,
0: let's do a couple more questions. Two more. Here we go. Name and question, bro.
3: Marco, Fiji heat one that year, where were you?
5: <laughs> Gone fishing. <laughs> That's a good question.
2: I was a million miles out to sea fishing and then Mick rung me and said, your heat's about to start and I went, bullshit. <laughs> And, uh, oh, yeah,
5: missed it. His heat was absolutely firing too. And he, who was in your heat? You had uh, Hito Alves and Wilco, and they both just kept falling out of the lip, and I'm just screaming, going, where the fuck's Parker?" <laughs> ah,
2: it happens. not nah, we ran aground in the boat and sat on the reef. <laughs> <laughs> Last question of the night.
0: Who's got it? Over here. Righto go for it mate
4: i'm the guy Ga- uh, yeah you go, gabe parco final akira sorry the
2: final akira <laughs> yep uh wish
4: slater he, oh, had, yep. he had priority he jumped in the tube did you give him the finger when he do- dropped in on you Mate, uh, it was
0: on the front page of the bulletin.
4: Of
0: course he did.
2: Yeah. (laughs) One more. One more. Here we go. I was just trying to trying to channel a bit of Andy Irons, I suppose, and sometimes he needs to be put into place sometimes, so I dead said I I I don't regret it, but and I was in no malice way, it was in no bad way, but I, I kinda just gave him the finger as a bit of a funny joke, but some people try to take it serious and it wasn't, it wasn't any serious way. It was more of a, it was more of a like, our stuff you, mate. Oh, hope you get the lot, you dog! dog. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's for Mick. I was just wondering if you can tell all these swellions, uh, quietly where the snake is and if it's worth a little strike mission for the boys.
0: Oh, that's a fucking beauty.
5: Yeah. There you go, brother. Yeah, so you go, go out of here. <laughs> go right. Then come back left. Take another right. Go out to see 500 miles. Come back 500 miles. And then do a couple of loops. And then you're there. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, mate. I wish I could, mate, if, if, I, if I... I actually got taken there. And I, I wish if I could take anyone there, it would be these two because they would be so loony out there. And, uh, yeah, it's loony. It's fun wave. I'd love to take everyone there. I'm not, I'm not precious with it. I'm just under contract that I can't say anything.
0: Well, Smithy, that's the night, mate. That's it. Ain't that swell live at Cooley? Big round of applause for Joel McIndoon. Go! But thanks so much for coming out, and Cooligana. We fucking love you guys. I'm the fucking Swillians! Are you kidding me? I mean, are
4: you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're
1: kidding me.
4: You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me?
1: This guy, are you kidding me? 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 kidding me? you kidding me? Are you kidding me? gotta be kidding me you gotta be kidding me gotta be kidding me you've gotta be kidding me oh you gotta be kidding me you gotta be kidding me you've gotta be kidding me you gotta be kidding me gotta be
3: kidding
1: me you gotta be kidding me you've got to be kidding me you gotta be kidding me right you gotta be kidding me why you gotta be kidding me 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 are you kidding me are you kidding me you gotta be kidding me you gotta be kidding me you kidding me you kidding me are you kidding me? you' kidding me you're kidding me right? are you kidding me you kidding you' kidding me are you kidding me? are you kidding me you kidding me you kidding me are you kidding me? are you kidding me right now hey you kidding me are you kidding me you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me you fucking kidding me are 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 you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? you be fucking kidding me. Are you fucking
3: kidding me? Neds Same Game Multi gives you greater odds in the one bet by combining your favourite AFL markets like Head to Head, Anytime Goal Kicker and you can even add fantasy markets. Neds also offers Same Game Multi on your favourite sports
1: like NRL, NBA and even the UFC which Neds are the official wagering partner on. Download the Neds app and take it
3: to the Neds level. T's and C's apply and available on the website. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit
0: gamblinghelponline.org.au.